Is there anything you think they're doing as far as like how they go about searching for those new ways to evolve that another business could learn from or um, maybe just the approach that you think they could take away? One thing that I think is very key is Jerry being extremely open-minded to being able to look at the trends, to be able to look at things, to try different things and go, you know what, I think I can do this. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. Up in the uh, Pacific Northwest, there's a, a business up there, a member of Nationwide Marketing Group, DeWard and Bodie, um, a business that was founded back in 1941 uh, under a different banner and selling you know much different product than the uh, appliances and, and whatnot that you would find in their stores and their showrooms today. And um, started as Credit Award and selling, you know, there were home appliances, but also, you know, a mixture of automobile tires and uh, some other hardware and things like that, that, uh, you know, are, are not in their location today. Um, but, you know, an awesome opportunity, I think, to sit down uh, with Jordan Rorta of DeWard and Bodie, uh, a, a guy whose fingerprint, whether you know it or not, is, and we dive into it, uh, is all over this podcast. Um, we call it what it, we call it today because, of Jordan. Um, so it's a, an interview that we promised him, um, you know, back in, you know, early 2020, when the podcast launched, he was supposed to be one of our initial episodes, but it's been three years, three and a half years, uh, since the launch of the podcast. And here we are finally getting him on in mid October of 2023. So we appreciate him taking that time and diving into the history of, uh, Dord and Bodie and what they do today. Some of the differentiators, of the business, what you know separates them from their competitors in the market, and uh, some of the things that they do differently. You know, they place a big emphasis on events and having you know the local community come in and participate in some things that they have going on uh, around the Black Friday holiday season. So we're we're coming up on uh, this year's edition of that event for the D and B team, and dive into that. Um, you know, some of the things that they do uh, within their stores to uh, ensure that they're evolving and staying up with the times and. Much more. Um, so a great opportunity to check in with Jordan and DNB to see how things are going and, and just catch up. So we appreciate him taking that time. And, you know, we're going to dive into it right now. This is Jordan Rorda of DeWarden Bodie here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right. We are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast. And I get to call it that because of the guy I'm talking to today, whether he <laughs> remembers it or not. I'm sure he does. I don't let you forget it, really, Mr. Jordan Rorda of DeWard and Bodie. Appreciate you hopping on this podcast that is like three and a half, three years, 10 months in the making. How's that sound? <laughs> been trying to get you on here. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I've been told. Now, well, I, I appreciate you jumping on, man. And um yeah, have, well, first of all, how the, before we dive into that little story, how are things going? Yeah, things are going fantastic. I mean, you know, I really do feel like uh, you, 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 some days you have to choose it um, <laughs> and a lot of days you have to choose it. And so and and make it happen as best as you possibly can. And, you know, I mean, that's that's the world that I and we choose to mostly live in. And uh, yeah, so it's a good day. It's the retail business and we get to talk about it uh, every week on this podcast. And um, I, to jump back to that story for a second, for those that don't know, when I came on board and decided, uh, you know, Nationwide needed a podcast and 
late 2019. We got our start in 2020, early 2020. Good timing to start a podcast, right? Um, yeah. Right before everyone has to sit at home and listen to things. Um, but we, you know, threw the call out there to the membership to help name the podcast. And there were some floating around there. We had some great suggestions uh, and ultimately landed on independent thinking because of a submission by you. <laughs> we were like, hey, hey, guys, hey, hey, uh, you know, smart people over there. You know, you have a name and a brand that you can lean into. And uh, I appreciate that. You know, that, that was like the kick we needed to really lean into independent thinking, man. Well, that was that was very, very sweet of you to say that. And uh, yeah, it is a good name. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. You had some other suggestions like Rose's Ramblings or I, I don't even remember some funny yeah. ones that were out there. But, you know, <laughs> maybe <laughs> someday. Jeff Rose's voice too. <laughs> no, I love it. Well, uh, again, appreciate you jumping on and, um, you know, excited to dive into to business and into, you know, what you guys are doing there up in the uh, Pacific Northwest. So, um, you know, appreciate it. And start there. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. For those that don't know, um, you know, who's Jordan Rorta and uh, what's your background and, and, you know, path to how did you, what path did you take to what you're currently doing there at Jordan Bodie? Yeah, Rob, thank you very much. Um, I actually want to add on to your story about that in 2019. It was close to the same time that, I jumped on a podcast with Dos Marcos. And at that time, COVID did actually hit. And so everyone was scrambling on who's essential, who's not essential, how to treat people, how not to treat people. And I really do feel like this is a, a time again with what's going on in the world and so much uncertainty, both with the economy nationally, locally, and internationally, that it's kind of interesting because I, you know, I was thinking about it this morning and, and um, again, I, I have to, I will come back later on in our interview to try to recap kind of what the thoughts were of that podcast during that time. So kind of an interesting tie in, I think about myself. Um, you know, I'm one that, that doesn't like necessarily talk about myself. I'd rather talk about somebody else or learn about somebody else. Um, so I hope for whomever's listening to this that uh, they can get something from it for sure. Um, so I am um, born and raised in Linden, Washington. Um, I've done a lot of traveling, but stayed local. Um, worked for my father for many, many years. Went away, came back. And um, really, it, it, as far as the industry and Dwarden Bodie started, um, it was Jake Deward and Rube Bodie, and they started years and years and years ago. And I remember as a little kid, my father, you know, worked his butt off, but he would take me with him, um, whether it was a Saturday or whether it was um, even a holiday when the store was closed. And I would help him clean, move appliances, clean toilets, just all that type of stuff. Probably cheap child, uh, child care. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so it was something that as far as hard work and, and, and what the, what family meant um, really was instilled in me a long time ago. And even before that, actually, I always like to say my, my story started more so with my grandfather. And my grandfather actually was a Dutch immigrant, came over after World War II, um, was a farmer and a bricklayer, spent a lot of time at his place. Um, and uh, between his work ethic and um, what he ended up teaching myself, um, and uh, both my father and what my father taught me as well, really gave me a love and a passion, not only for our, our country, but also for our local community. 
And so to me, you know, it's wrapped up in a word of, of legacy, of course. And so my passion is really, really derived from that. Um, so growing up, um, like I said before, you know, of course, a lot of store involvement, a lot of hard work, um, and it would be the entire family. I have a brother and a sister, of course, too, and, and they would also help out and, um, and, and my mother. And so with DeWard and Bodie, um, it was Jake DeWard and Rue Bodie, like I mentioned earlier. And um, my father, Jerry, actually worked for them for many years in delivery and then sales and then sales management. And then he was going to leave. And, um, you know, it was Jake that said, no, I don't want you to leave. You know, let's let's find an opportunity. And actually, it was somebody in the buying group that he went to with a business plan and went and um, ended up helping him develop that plan and buying into DeWard and Bodie. And eventually in the late 90s, he bought it fully out. So him and Doreen were sole proprietors of the company since. And so, you know, fast forward for him 40 plus years um, for me. And now it's been 22 years. Um, it's just, you know, it's been it's been amazing to see the growth um, to see the people come through, to see the people stay, to see the customers. Um, and that's really, that, that's the exciting part, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's, I mean, the cool thing too is that you still get a firsthand, you know, even though the, the name on the wall, right? We, we talked to a lot of people there, the last names are the names of the business, right? But you still got to see that sort of work ethic of starting from delivery, working through becoming, you know, a, whether part, you know, investment in the business to fully taking it on, um, the the work to your point, work ethic, right? And it's been instilled mm -hmm. in you since the the beginning. And to watch that had to be, I think, a unique experience for you, um, kind of growing up in the space and within the industry. Oh, absolutely. You know what's fun about it is um I was able to go to the buy group shows at a fairly young age in my teens. And so it was one of those things where I really enjoyed not only getting to know people, but I love figuring out how things work. You know, I love figuring out how organizations function, um, you know, how, what makes the difference in organizations. And, you know, very simply it is people. Um, and, uh, you know, I still love that to this day. You know, I, I love figuring out how things work. I love meeting new people. Yeah. I love fostering old relationships. And because, you know, appliances is the vehicle, mattresses is the vehicle, barbecues is a vehicle. If you're a vendor, that manufacturing is the vehicle. But really what we get to do and who we get to meet and the opportunities we have and the impact that we can make, it's not something that you go to a career day as like a high school or college <laughs> student, you know, this is, this is what I want to be, you know. Right. Um, I remember growing up thinking like I wanted to be a pilot or an NBA player. <laughs> And even though I had decent height, um, <laughs> work kind of came first. Um, but uh, and then pilot, you know, I'm six five, so it's not very comfortable to sit in, to sit in anything but first class. Um, so those two things, uh, yeah, they're not happening. Um, but that's okay because um, there is one other passion I do have that still can happen. But uh, for those who know me, know know what that is. Um, you know, it's not to be a bald male model either. Um, but, but, uh, yeah. Oh. So anyway. Well, I, I love it cause I, you kind of jumped me, uh, on a question I, I love asking in, in these podcasts and that is, you know, did, 
did this path always, you know, was it always the option for you or did you feel like you had the opportunity to go, you know, obviously with thinking about being a pilot or NBA player, you know, you had other ambitions, but, um, you know, did you feel like there was always a calling or something pulling you back that, that just wouldn't let you get out of this space, this industry? Yeah, absolutely. You know, even from a young kid, I, I always wanted to be, uh, you know, a, a, a moral good businessman, a Christian businessman. Like to me, that that legacy to be able to be, uh, to grow, to um, yeah, to to do the right thing. Um, that that really was probably the biggest um, pull for me. And again, there's so many vehicles yeah. to do that. And again, we screw up all the time. So there's no perfection. There's no whatever. But that that really, and that was really modeled to me. You know, yeah. and, and again, the opportunity. Um, you know, I go back and talking about my grandfather. It was post World War II. I mean, it was rough in Europe, and and then to be able to come over, and it's so cool. This summer, um, my my second cousins from Holland actually came over and spent uh, uh, um, some time with us, and it was it was just so much fun. I've been back, of course, too, but um, it was just so good to see them and to know the opportunities that we were given. That even though they're wonderful people, hardworking successful in their own rights they don't have the same opportunities even to this day right and so so yeah so there's some driving passion from there so no yeah. that's awesome um so what you know if someone that visits a, a dnb showroom today what what's the experience like what are you guys trying to set up uh for that customer experience as they walk through your doors yeah always first and foremost to be greeted it's a very simple blocking and tackling you know making sure the front's beautiful and clean and i it's, we were talking earlier about um, staff and, and some of my most favorite, favorite, favorite people, coworkers, never, never call them employees or just coworkers, um, are like the warehouse reception, entry level position. You know, when we're onboarding, if you want to call it that, when we're, when we're, when they're starting new, I always tell them that, um, tell them two things. One, um, our job's the same. And that's to take care of people inside and outside the building. The only difference is our responsibilities. And then the second thing is, it's like when you're walking in, how do you want to be treated? How do you want to be greeted? What do you want to see? Like, let's so literally, you know, some of the, some of the coworkers, I'll say, okay, well, let's stand in front of the building. What do you see? And that's even for how store layout, again, not perfect, but how store layout is, how flow is. And then the second place I take them is to where, uh, the owner walks in, <laughs> you know, so those are the two most important spots where the customer sees and where the owner sees. And if we can take care of those things and make sure that, that that's good, we got, we're off to a good start. So. No, that's awesome. Well, what, what they may not see today, and I, I love this, you know, you guys have a really cool representation of uh, how you kind of lay out the history of the business on your website, the, the about us page and diving through the timeline, they, they may not see tires, um, anymore. <laughs> I, I yeah, think kind of diving back into that, you know, it, the business has evolved a lot. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. It's funny you say that. It, it, I actually still have, I have that picture in my office. That's awesome. That has That's, just so cool. That's incredible. Uh, ones, but, um, <laughs> yeah, well, what's unique about that is our original location, the tire. So the tire shop, actually is right behind it and it's still there wow and there was the hardware store part also was just across the street now it's moved since um but it kind of kind of divided up and but the tire shop is still there actually. that's crazy um and it's kind of cool too because yeah. 
in, in that spot, there was an old train car that would go through there. And so literally our term car load does come from train cars. Yeah. And so they'd be dropping off appliances, tires, all wow. kinds of crazy stuff. And, and even though the train's gone, the, that track and that tire shop is still there, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, when it comes to, um, again, uh, our history, and that's something I always ask people too, when we're doing interviews, so they're like, what do you, what do you know about us? <laughs> and it's not necessarily, you know, totally testing if they've read our about us page or if they know us, but, uh, it is, it is interesting because it's important. You know, the thing is, is Costco's growing. They're going to out Costco us and dot com fill in the blank. They're going to, they're going to outdo it. So who are you? What do you stand for? And how do you treat people? And people still want to buy from people, even though, you know, obviously there's increasing habits and trends, um, you know, growth areas, of course, that are showing um, others, you know, other things. But um, again, who do you want to buy from? You right. know, so no. we definitely try to model that. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I mean, talk about the uh, so timing wise, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's like early two thousands, right. That, that you guys come in, uh, your family kind of takes, takes ownership and, um, you know, can really start putting the, the fingerprint on it. Um, so what, what do you remember about, you know, from then to kind of where it is today, sort of the, the ways the business has evolved and, um, you know, what you've been able to do? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, um, what was really interesting was, so we had three locations, and it was downsized to one, then to two, and then grew back to three. So at that time, between the locations and the leases and the setup, there was some there was some there was some cleanup that needed to be done. And it doesn't mean that there was, you know, failure on the part of previous ownership or anything like that, but there needed to be a turn. Um, and that's something that um, Jerry and Doreen did a really great job with, with some slight rebranding. Um, you know, the name had been around since 46. So it's like you, you've been pounding that name for so many years to change it is, it's kind of a, unless if it's like, you know, a bad slang word now today that we wouldn't be before <laughs> or something like that. Like it's, it's not smart to do, to change those things, but doing is doing some, some, light rebranding and turning is, is always important, always important. And I'll never forget, you know, with retail specifically, unless if you're mentioned Costco, unless you're by like a Costco retail and towns do things do change. I mean, for example, when's the last time you've been to a mall, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. and it used to be, you would want to be next to the mall. They had free parking. It was huge. It's, it, it was like, Hey, um, now like, shoot, um, we still have one of our locations by a mall, but um, that's really, yeah, again, I'd ask you, I'm going to ask you, when's the last time you went to a mall? <laughs> well, so being in uh, suburban Philly, we we have the, there there are a few around, but the last time I went out of my way to go to one, when it wasn't, now I will say, some of them have, they've done a nice job attracting families that have young kids because they put like a Lego land. It's those cornerstone pieces, right? Yeah. Like a Lego land or there's a carousel or rides inside. But to go to a mall to like shop, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of those big um, key stores, you know, right. Target, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, or something like that. Exactly. Yep. No. no. So, um, in saying that, not to give them plugs at all, um, in saying that, um, 
you know, looking at the, at the past with the Jordan Bodie in, in the last 20 plus years, um, it's, it's, you know, we've moved locations. Like we've, we've had to evolve and change, you know, I mean, even during COVID too, um, our location, one of our locations was really challenged with, um, you know, uh, you know, current politics and different things that would grow certain things and, and, and not necessarily a positive way for, for, for one of the locations. And even that was tricky too. So again, you have to constantly change and have to constantly give the right messaging and adapt. And, um, you know, everybody knows that you, you have yeah. to, you have to change. Change is not easy. It's hard. There's still plenty of changes we still need to make and we're still trying to make. Um, but uh, as you're asking the question specifically, I would say um, what's, what's the most unique coolest thing to see is to see you know, numbers and locations are great. And don't get me wrong. We have some awesome growth in, in Deering and Reno done a fantastic job in, in growing from where they were to where they're at, but really showing a balance and showing what we're good at mm-hmm. and trying some things and failing from time to time, but really keeping in the core of what we're, we're awesome at. And so really just a, a nice balance of business between offering something from high end to low end, from scratch and dent to built in, from builder sales to entry level replacement. Um, that's really where I've been probably the most excited to see how how healthy the balance is yeah. in, in the company. Well, the cool thing in hearing you describe it too, um, you know, from from where it kind of was to what it's become is that you have the opportunity, not only do you have the opportunity to as, as a smaller and independent business, but you you actively go out and look for ways to evolve and make sure that you're doing the right thing. Something that, you know, the, those other names you mentioned, it's a little bit harder to do that, right? So the fact that you take advantage of your position as an independent business to adapt and evolve and, and look for those things. Is there anything you think they're doing as far as like how they go about searching for those new ways to evolve that, you know, another business could learn from or um, is, you know, I know it's not going to be the same necessarily for every business out there, but um, maybe just the approach or something like that, that you think they could take away. I think the, 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 one of the things I've mentioned specifically is, especially on a, on a smaller business scale, it's really hard for owner operator to be able to have the capacity to have time, to be able to network, to be able to reach out, to be able to have your eyes open. you it, this is the the silliest cliche, but it's so true. You don't know what you don't know. And, you know, it, it, I'll throw out one other cliche, and Tom Hickman has said this before, we is smarter than me. And so it, any way that, that you can connect, and that's why I love our, our buying group so much, our group so much, is because the connective tissue is so strong, and it's there, and it's available, and it's open. You know, so even, you know, even if it's a single store and you can't make it to the shows, um, there's people to reach out to, there's ways to connect and, and nationwide is actively trying to make sure and foster those areas for, for being able to connect because there's so many people that are dealing with so many of the same issues and whether they're big or small, um, it could be the same issue. So there could just be more zeros behind one versus the other. But, um, you know, I mean, and, and again, those are a lot of cliches. But they're so true. You know, um, it's interesting because, you know, one thing that I think is 
very key is Jerry being extremely open-minded to being able to look at the trends, to be able to look at things and, you know, with his upbringing um, to try different things and go, you know what, I think I can do this or why not try it? Uh, why be stuck? You know, I'll never forget my grandmother specifically was, uh, she always made clothes and she always would take style and design from Europe obviously she was from yeah, Holland yeah, right. and she would try to make these things. And these things would be a couple years ahead of time. And that's something too, that I think that's kind of ingrained in both my father and, and in our family and myself is just kind of looking at trends and looking at things and going, yeah, that, that can work. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, is as you grow and as you get bigger, it is harder to get more people on board with that. So that is a difficult thing. So small owner operator, you don't have time necessarily to connect and to learn. However, there is a lot of ways, but the beautiful thing is, is you can pivot so much faster. Like you mentioned with those other companies, Kim, and that's something that is amazing. Uh, Jack Welsh wrote a book called winning and he specifically talks about that in that book and how that was so important for them at the time of GE to be able to pivot. Um, and I would think, I would say that, that if, if you're a smaller dealer, you're listening to this, if you don't have a lot of time, but you are listening to this, that means you do actually want to continue to grow. You can change quick, yeah. you know, you know, so don't let, don't let those dollars, um, that you may not have, or that connectivity that you may not have intimidate you. I'd encourage you, you can, you can change quicker and there's less minds you have to change because of it. <laughs> you know, it's harder when you've got more minds involved, but like I said, we are smarter than me. So being able to make sure you do have the right people and, and get their ideas. And the other thing too, is Jerry's always asking to the younger folks too, what, what their thought is. Cause he wants to know, okay, what's, what are the younger people looking, making and seeing, right? Yeah. Let's not get just stuck in our own uh, bubble or, or even, or even get stuck in an area where it's like, you need to hear what I have to say. Um, <laughs> right. So. It's, it's checking that ego at uh, the owner's entrance uh, to the business, right? <laughs> Making yeah. sure that, uh, you know, you you value those opinions that are around you. And um, to your point about not being afraid to pivot like that, that in and of itself might be um, just something that I think a lot of people need to hear is they may have ideas, but they're, you know, a little hesitant to do something because it may fail. Um, I've heard you say the word fail a couple times, you know, throughout this, yeah. this talk and, um, you know, not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to, you know, go after something that you think could, you know, pan out because maybe it will, the chances are it will, chances are, you know, it might not, but at the very least you learn from it and you kind of move on from it. Um, which, uh, you know, that's, that's awesome. And I know one of the things too, that you also mentioned was connective tissue, right? Um, you know, yeah. I, I think, no better example of that than kind of what you guys are doing with connecting within your community. And I know a big part of your customer experience has been around and we talked about it, um, not in Nashville, but I think back in Dallas, there was a panel that you were on and uh, I, I got to be a part of where we talked about sort of the things you guys do and alongside a couple other retailers, um, you know, within your communities and events were a big part of it for you guys. Uh, something that I know you mentioned then you, you, you plan on leaning more into, um, you know, here. So kind of set the stage a little bit, talk about what, Dwarf and Bodie's doing around events and and why that's such an important part of your strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for mentioning that. Um, and I have to give credit to NMG and also um, Greg and Katie Loft because they took it even further than what we did. And they had an amazing, amazing uh, event because of it. So we used to be able to do a direct mail piece called our private letter sale 
really sometime around our anniversary, you know, obviously before Black Friday. Um, and, you know, that would be special for people. We'd have some prizes and stuff like that. But really, it was it was a it was a sale. And pre now post COVID, but pre COVID, we looked at it and went, people can buy stuff cheap online or they might be conditioned for holidays. How are we going to drive? How are we going to not only drive traffic, but how are we going to get folks to hang out with us? How are we going to get those those footprints? So we um, we said, you know what, why don't we turn this into a hosting event? We already are a part of the community and Jerry and Doreen are very, very um, benevolent in, in taking care of the community and, and they don't love talking about it. They don't love, you know, they, they're the kind that kind of slip by, slip a check in and take off, um, which is great. Um, and we also need to highlight those charities more and uh, also highlight the community more. And everybody has their their thing that they are passionate about. You know, we had this conversation, and I know one business in Florida that they're 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 behind veterans. And it's like, you know what? That is your thing. Then that is what you need to be behind because they need support too, right? For us, you know, it's a lot to do with food banks, um, homeless um, women, children, and that, that type of thing. And so those usually are the charities that kind of we get behind. So more specifically, they're asking about. You know, we started doing this this hosting event. We call it the Black Friday Early Access event, but um, what we're really doing is is we are raising money for a local charity. We're doing giveaways. We're having manufacturers come in with their either funding for chefs or prizes and music. And yeah, we have beer and wine and we, we give a three hour window for people to come by, have fun, be able to support a charity be able to win something and there's lots of great prizes. So there's a lot of winners and yeah, we, we do give early access to some hot deals and stuff. Um, so, you know, we're not going to waste that, that time, you know, and we definitely do try to collect some information and get to know people and, you know, again, have as many reps or, or you know, buy in that we possibly can. This year's really exciting. Um, I'm so excited for this year. Um, we actually are going to have No Child Hungry come. So we're not only going to support our local food bank, but actually we're going to do meal packing for Maui. Awesome. And so it's going to be such a fun event. Can't wait to see Mike and those folks. And um, yeah, um, so we're having, um, we're inviting um, also uh, a couple different entities come in, some rotary people, some business folks uh, from our builder association. Obviously, you know, we're going to try to get, get some other folks in there too. So definitely some, some community key people, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped because, yeah. you know, I, I talked about it earlier. Um, the last podcast I was on, you know, we were just starting out COVID and there was so much polarization that was going on and how to manage that in, both in the workforce and your customer base. And there's so much polarization today. Um, obviously there's a lot of scary things that are going on internationally. Um, and you know, a lot of stuff that is probably going to continue to happen that we don't have control of. Um, so again, I come back to saying and encouraging, you know, how can you affect your local community? How can you affect your neighbor? How can you affect your coworker? And for a lot of folks, they tune out and go, that's nice, but that sounds like BS. Well, at the end of the day, it's, it's how you treat people. And so this event is, uh, an opportunity for us to invite folks into our living room, which is our, our showroom and to treat them well 
and to just, I mean, we end up getting, you know, three to 400 people easily in, in that short amount of time. And it's a blast and it's going to be about support and it's going to be about fun. And, um, at least it's a few hours, uh, that we can go ahead and enjoy together. And, um, while, you know, the world keeps spinning and all the, all this other stuff happens. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I mean, to see how it's grown too, um, you know, what's that mean to you, the, the kind of effort that you guys put into it and to see how the event itself has kind of taken shape over the years and, um, you know, to what it is today, you know, what, how much, not necessarily how much effort, but you know, what, what's it mean to you to see sort of what it's become? Yeah, no, thank you for asking. Um, you know, it's just another action arm of really what our core beliefs are. And so to be able to have the space and capacity to do that, it's really hard sometimes for the ownership or leadership to buy in when they haven't seen it or when they've never been able to be given that opportunity. That's another thing to talk about, too. You know, there's a lot of folks that don't do things because they weren't given those opportunities. So you don't know what you don't know. But if, if they know that their business is going good and it's going a certain way, why change it? Right. You know, oh, yeah, OK, we need to change a few things here or there. Our programs change annually. OK, you know, reps change, bosses change. You know, obviously there's ebbs and flows. But, you know, again, that you can't control. And that's 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 change is inevitable. And this is change that you can make and control. And it, it's fun to see it. Yeah. And so you do actually have to have people that are motivated to do it. There's going to be naysayers. That's OK. Um, you know, we we ran a, an event at one of the locations and you would have thought from one of the management that it was the worst thing that we ever did. <laughs> and the reality is, is, you know, it was missing the boat on that because we what we were doing is, is we were we were hosting people in that community. Right. And so, right. again, it, it, it does last. Time is the most important currency that we have. And so for you to be able to go and within reason and help to go, how do we make it worth people's time and how do we get their time? Yeah. I mean, I, and you know, to see it kind of evolve into what it had, I mean, really it's just, it's about finding that thing. You mentioned it, finding that thing that is your thing and, and making yeah. it happen. And I mean, I can't imagine anyone getting upset about driving some foot traffic into your store around a, you know, what's otherwise a pretty important time of the calendar year. Um, so to, to just develop that thing, it's better, you know, in the marketing world, right? It's like you, mm -hmm. you want any press is good press. And in this case, you're you're doing something on behalf of the community with the support of others and bringing people together. So um, it's thinking outside of that box. And, you know, when I say box, I didn't mean your four walls of your retail store, but that's honestly what you're doing too, right? So to, to yeah, be able to absolutely. do that within your community and, um, you know, see it have the success it's had. And, and we'll continue to have, obviously, because you guys are still doing it, is uh, pretty cool. And um, you know, I, I think something that everyone can learn from. So uh, you just got to so find Robert, that I have thing. A question for you. Yeah, go for it. Sorry to interrupt. No. I have a question for you. So I understand that um, baseball fan, but also <laughs> I understand that you know a thing or two about wrestling. Is that right? I might. <laughs> yeah, you might. So when you first started um, and or when you see people who first start, 
Um, what does it look like? <laughs> well, it's uh, you know funny you ask because I happen to be the novice coach, <laughs> so the, the coach for our high school wrestlers who don't uh, who have zero experience. And I'll tell you, <laughs> it's a it, you know to call it a train wreck would be kind of an understatement. <laughs> but you know they you know it, it's a work in progress. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> you, you you took the words out of my mouth, and that's no different with yeah. whatever your thing is. Yep, you got to start somewhere. And, you know, practice builds muscle. Practice is a muscle. And that's something that whatever it is, even if it's small scale, I've got a really good friend and uh, I kept challenging. We opened a new little business and I said, okay, what's going to be your thing? I'm like, it doesn't have to be my thing, you know, but what's your thing? And so finally, a year into his business, he told me, he goes, hey, he goes, we are finally going ahead and we are going to support our food bank. And I'm like, that's awesome. And so he told me how he's going to do it and everything. And I'm like, dude, that's fantastic. You know, that, and that's your thing. And they, they support local musicians too. And so the, between those two things, that's, that's your thing, you know? Yeah. And so, and it's, you know, first time you tried it, it didn't really work. You know, people, you could look at your peers and they, you know, you can be intimidated by it and they do the X, Y, or Z, or, you know, maybe, you know, there's some ill will because, you know, it's, it's not the same thing they do, but right. at the end of the day, it's not about them, right. you know, Don't let them stop you from, from being you, you know? I love it. Um, yeah. That's awesome to hear. Well, I, I think a great take home message too, right? Um, you know, got to start somewhere and don't stop being you. <laughs> Two yeah. excellent points. If you take anything out of this, um, you know, that, that's it right there. So, uh, Jordan, I appreciate it, man. It's like I said at the top, you know, three, three, three and a half plus years coming. <laughs> so I appreciate, yeah. you know, you finally hopping on and finding the time for us and, uh, you know, great to have you on and, you know, hopefully not another three years, uh, before we have you on again. So this was a good time. Well, if you keep sending me wine like you did, then I, you know, I have to say yes. <laughs> Eventually it's going to happen one way or the other. No, <laughs> we appreciate no. it, man. This was uh, yeah. a lot of fun and, um, you know, look forward to catching up you know, we'll, we'll be in Vegas before we know it here. So. Yeah, we'll be in Vegas a few times. So yes. I, I, amen. We'll <laughs> We're going to might as well uh, take up residence there for a little bit. I know, bit. I know, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, appreciate it. And, you know, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Ron. Thank you so much. Take care. And thanks again to Jordan uh, for taking that time and finally jumping on the podcast to chat with us about some of the things that they're doing up there in, in the Pacific Northwest and at D&B. So we appreciate it and um, look forward to catching up again soon because they've got a lot of great things that they're doing and uh, some lessons that they can share and best practices across this network of independent retailers. So appreciate Jordan and as always appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast and we will catch you next time.